Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. This message was preached on December 5th, 2021. Amen. An excellent job, choir. Hey, I just happen to have something in my Bible that you're going to want to pick up today. Let's turn the lights on, please. Um, Simplify Christmas. You're going to pick up one of these, I hope, or a dozen or so, and use these to invite to our Christmas musical celebration next Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock. Now, it won't be here. It'll be the City of Avondale Amphitheater over on Avondale Boulevard, just off that. And here's one of the reasons we're doing it there is because some people are a little hesitant to come to a church and maybe even hesitant to come to a packed-in event inside. We'll come to an outside amphitheater, and our choir will be leading that and sharing the gospel. And so I encourage you to, to get that. Jeremy will probably tell you again, but just in case you don't listen to Jeremy, listen to Jack. And if you don't listen to Jack, listen to Jeremy. And if not, talk to Mary Kay, and she'll be glad to tell you all about it, because I want you to know about that next Sunday afternoon. Today we finish up the book of Ephesians, and I hope you've learned some things about who we are in Jesus and how we live as followers of Jesus. That has been my goal, and I hope it's helped you. Now, I want to share a thought again with you today that I've shared several times. I don't do it to discourage you, but to speak the truth, and honestly, it encourages me, but I do want it to challenge you. Like it or not, at least today, God did not choose you and me to live in a time of great spiritual revival. Cultural Christianity, the assumption that we are a Christian nation filled with Jesus followers, that thought is waning. You look at all the key statistics, church attendance, baptisms, percentages of people claiming to be Christian, new believers, Bible knowledge, teens and young adults who are following Jesus, all of those key indicators are on the decline in our country. But listen, why doesn't that discourage me? Because this has been a recurring issue in 2,000 years of church history. And up to now, the church has responded in some serious ways. We begin to pray like we've never prayed before. We do some serious soul searching. We decide what is really important. We rise up, take Jesus seriously, and begin to share the faith and live finally as Christians, and then God blesses. So my prayer is that that's what will happen in this generation because I believe the church has been coasting in America, content to be a cultural and political force while our spiritual force declines that's not who we want to be that's not who we are so it's time for some decisions and i want to challenge you to make a decision today as we finish the book who are you i mean in the faith who are you are you content to be a skeptic are you content to be a church attender Are are, are you content to be a believer, or have you decided to become a very serious and real disciple and follower of Jesus Christ? I challenge you to be the last. And our passage today, the final passage in this great book of Ephesians, will tell you what you need if you're going to follow Jesus seriously. 
the things that Paul shares in this passage are the essentials for living life the Jesus way. So we're going to read the end of the book, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 24, and pay close attention. I started this passage last week and gave you some of the introductions, and we want to conclude it today. Let's stand together and read Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 10. And Paul says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand." Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Tychicus, I don't know why, I just love saying that name. Tychicus, my dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. You may be seated. As you can see, it is a beautiful passage for it gives us the essentials. This is what we need if we are going to live as real disciples of Jesus. It gives us both the personal protection that we need and the tools we need if we're going to move forward in following Jesus. Now, understand this. This passage will help you only if you are serious about following Jesus. If you're content to just be a church attender, then congratulations. By being here, you've met your goal. But that's not the goal that we want to ascribe to. We are called not just to attend church, but to be serious followers, disciples of Jesus Christ. And if you want to do that, then you need the eight things that Paul shares in this passage, and I want you to understand what they are. These are the essentials given to us in this analogy of the armor of God that the Christian needs, and the first of these is truth. To follow Jesus, he said, we need the belt of truth. The belt, and a Roman soldier, holds all things together, and the thing that holds it all together for us is truth. Now, honestly, you know the world today. The world today is more concerned with opinion than with truth. And so we have 
fake truth, alternative truth, made-up truth, shaded truth, relative truth, deflected truth, and outright lies that have been repeated loud enough and long enough on the news and in social media that people believe it, but you and I are called to be buckled with the belt of truth and to tell it honestly. If you saw my pickup this morning, you can see that uh, it was scraped on the passenger side. I kind of parked it way down at the end of the parking lot so no one would see, but, but, but someone saw it and asked me, who did that? Now listen carefully to my answer. I said, well, here's how it works. You know, when you have a pickup, everybody wants to borrow it. So my grandson's mother's brother's father did this when he had my truck. I could have just said it was me, but it sounded so much better <laughs> when I said my grandson's mother's brother's father did this. Everybody in the world today is playing games with truth. You and I have to tell the complete, total, absolute truth in everything if we're going to be serious followers of Jesus Christ. You know the story of the boy who cried wolf. He lied once, he lied again. And then when he needed to share the truth, no one would believe him. We're in a precarious situation today, for we don't tell the truth about everything. I mean about science, about politics, about history, about our own failings. Then we have no credibility. And when we try to share ultimate truth, that there is a God and he loves us and he sent his son Jesus to die for us on the cross and Jesus rose again on the third day and he's alive today and calling people to believe in him and follow him. If we don't tell truth the whole time, then when we tell the ultimate truth, we have lost all credibility. And I'm afraid that's happening in the church today because we're sharing opinions, not truth, and we're ignoring truth and then we get frustrated when no one believes us when we tell the truth. You can't cry wolf when there's no wolf. You've got to tell the truth every time. And as believers, if we want to follow Jesus seriously, we must be people of truth. The second essential to following Jesus is righteousness. Righteousness is right living. Being moral like Jesus. Having integrity like Jesus. Treating people right like Jesus. Loving our friends and enemies like Jesus. Telling the truth like Jesus, being kind like Jesus, standing up to temptation like Jesus, doing what's right no matter what the consequences may be like Jesus. If we don't live like Jesus, we can't honestly claim to be a follower of Jesus. Haters cannot proclaim love. Evildoers cannot proclaim God's goodness. Liars can't proclaim truth, righteousness, right living. Living as Jesus is absolutely essential. It's the breastplate, Paul said, for Christians. The third, gospel readiness. Have your feet, Paul said, fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Have your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We need, you and I, the church, individual believers, disciples, need to be always ready in every situation at all times to share Jesus. In a world of war, it is the only thing that can bring peace. In a world of hate, it is the only thing that can really bring love. The word gospel itself means good news, 
and only good news will change the world. Watch the news and you get nothing but bad news. The world needs good news. When was the last time you shared it? Because we need feet that are fitted with readiness. It means at a moment's notice, we get to share Jesus. Have you heard the story about the big animals and the little animals playing football? In the first half, the big animals dominated. The elephant could not be tackled. The cheetah could not be outrun. The rhino could not be blocked. And so the big animals were up 77 to nothing. But in the second half, something changed. The small animals put in a millipede. That creature with up to 700 legs, and honestly, the millipede dominated. No one could tackle him. No one could get past him. He scored touchdown after touchdown after touchdown, and the small animals ended up winning the game. A reporter asked the millipede after the game, where were you in the first half? He said, I was putting on my socks and shoes. Listen, as a church, we have spent way too much time putting on our socks and shoes. We have gone to concerts, we have gone to conferences, we have been to Bible studies, we have been to worship every Sunday since we were a little kid. It's time that we stop getting ready and start going out and playing the game. We need to be gospel ready at all times. And so the essentials of being a disciple of Jesus, truth, Righteousness, gospel, readiness, and the fourth is faith. In addition to all this, verse 16, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. I told you last week that the devil wants to destroy you. And your only defense is faith. An absolute conviction that God knows best. If you doubt that, then Satan can tear you down. But if you build up your faith, then you can stand up to anything and everything. So how do you build up your faith? I want to tell you, it's no great mystery. The Christian disciplines that the Bible teaches us are designed to build up our faith. Regular worship attendance. When the average Christian goes to church about once or twice a month, there, there's no wonder that our, our faith has declined. Regular Bible study, a consistent prayer life, regular service to God, commitment to a local church, confession of sin, all of these are designed to build up our faith. Neglect them even for a short time. And it's like you're going into a battle with arrows zinging and swords flying and you've got no shield. You're not going to win that battle. And so to follow Jesus, you need truth, righteousness, gospel readiness, faith. The fifth essential is salvation. Verse 17 says to take the helmet of salvation. Salvation is the act. At the beginning of our Christian walk, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus. There are a lot of biblical ways of describing it. Being born again, being saved, following Jesus, being converted, talk about praying the sinner's prayer, coming to faith in Jesus, choosing to follow Jesus, deciding to follow Jesus, and many other words. But it is the ultimate decision in which you decide, I'm not playing games. I'm not just going to church. I'm not just trying to be a good person. 
I'm committing myself to Jesus. I'm putting my helmet on. Sadly, even many regular churchgoers have never made that decision. Content to come to church and say, that's enough. But there comes a time in which you need to make that choice, every individual, whether or not you believe in Jesus and are following him. And so if you're serious about following Jesus, there, there comes a time which is more than just going to church. It's putting your faith and trust in Jesus. The sixth essential is the word. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Notice that this is the only offensive weapon that is mentioned. The belt, the breastplate, the boots, the shield, the helmet are all for defense. The sword, the word of God, the Bible, is the thing that can and will change the world. So we must know it. Do you? And we must use it correctly. Do you? A sword that is used incorrectly is of more danger to your fellow soldiers than it is to the enemy. So are you teaching it, sharing it, not just in the church, but in your home, neighborhood, and with your friends and co-workers? And are you doing it correctly? And are you living it? If we only keep the Bible in our hearts and in our Bible study classes, there's no way we're going to make an impact on the world. An army that keeps all their swords back at the fort and never takes them out in the field is destined to lose. And so we need to understand what we're doing here. I am preparing you to take the Bible out into the world. I am teaching you, as are your Sunday school teachers, not just so you can feel good about knowing the Word, but so you can go out and share it with people out there. Because here we're gathered and we're strong, but the people who need it, who are loved by God, whom Jesus died for, are outside the church, and we need to carry the Word to them. The seventh essential is prayer. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Now honestly, there, there's a whole sermon or two or three in those verses alone. But he's saying, pray about everything with the help of God's Spirit. Do so at all times. Be alert. Know what's going on. And especially pray for each other and for preachers and teachers of the Word. Now understand what prayer is. It, it, it's tapping into the power of God. And we cannot take it for granted. It's like the electricity in your homes. We often take that for granted. We flip a switch, a light comes on. Turn on the stove, and we're cooking. Plug in a machine, and it works. It's when the power goes off that we realize how important electricity is to our daily lives. And see, that's why I'm telling you, and I wanted to be honest with you right up front, that we are in, a, in an era in this country of spiritual decline. The power is being dimmed. And so we need to tap back into the power. 
When was the last time we had a major evangelist with the power of Billy Graham? When was the last time all our churches are filled with hungry and eager non-believers looking for the answers to life? When was the last time our colleges and universities were filled with disciples of Jesus and were committed to teaching God and good? All of these things happen during times of revival. None of them are happening now. And so the church needs to learn to pray like we have never prayed before. If the light goes out, we need to get it back on. And we need to get it back on as quickly as possible. And the way to do that in the church is to pray like we've never prayed before as an individual and as groups. I've said this for 22 years. We will not experience revival in churches in America until our prayer meetings are filled. You can join. You can join our prayer meeting on Wednesday nights. You can join our prayer meetings on Zoom. When that is filled, we can anticipate the church once again being filled with the power of God. You need salvation, word, prayer, and Christian relationships. Now, this last one is more by example than by teaching from Paul. Paul closes this letter, as he does all of them, with personal remarks about friends and co-workers, people that helped him, people that he helped, people that were an encouragement to him, people that he encouraged. So you need to understand Paul correctly, because if you see him only as an intellectual giant, which he was, you're missing out on an important part of his Christian life. If you see him only as a great preacher and missionary, which he was, then you're missing out on an important aspect of his Christian life. If you see him only as a great writer, which he was, then you're missing out on an important part of what made him strong as a Christian. And one of those things was he surrounded himself with others because he needed the encouragement and they needed the encouragement. Some sports are mostly individual in nature. Tennis, marathons, golf. Others are team sports. Football, basketball, baseball, and Christianity. We need each other. You need close, personal friends, such as you find in a Bible study class or in a small group or in a ministry team, or in a choir. You need close, personal friends who will help you fulfill your commitment to Jesus and that you can help fulfill their commitment to Jesus. We're not going to make it on our own. That's why Jesus put us in church. And understand there's this movement today where people say they are Christians, but they're disgusted with the church. Well, there's something wrong with the church, let's fix it, but we need the church. And we need each other. Truth, righteousness, gospel readiness, faith, salvation, the word, prayer, Christian relationships. You need all eight. They are essential to following Jesus. So what's next? What am I leading up to? I'm going to ask you to do two things. They're the same two things, by the way, that I gave you last week. Number one, decide. When it comes to your faith, who are you? Are you 
a skeptic. I'm not sure this is true, but I enjoy coming to church. Are you a critic? Man, the church has serious problems. Are you an attender? Are you a believer? Or are you a disciple? I cannot make that decision for you. Who do you want to be? If you're serious about following Jesus, you are a believer in and a follower of Jesus Christ. It's more than coming to church. And you and I have to make that decision ourselves. I said Christianity is a team sport, but this decision is an individual decision. Who are you? Do you see yourself really as a believer in and a follower of a disciple of Jesus Christ? You've got to decide what level you're on. And my challenge to you is make that final decision. I'm not just coming to church. I'm not just saying I believe in you. I will follow you, live for you, proclaim you, be a disciple like Peter, James, John, Paul. Decide. And then suit up. Which of these eight do you need the most? Work on it. If if the battle is about to begin and you don't have a helmet, you're going to be frantically looking for that helmet. If you're about to go into battle and you don't have a shield, you're going to be frantically looking. Where is that? If you don't have a sword, you know you're useless. And so you're going to be frantically looking for that. There's way too much casualness in today's Christianity. I'm okay. Well, you're okay if all you want to be is an attender. Because you're here, you met your goal. But if you want to be a disciple, you put on truth, righteousness, gospel readiness, faith, salvation, the word, prayer, and you enter into healthy Christian relationships. So make your decision. Who are you? And if you're serious about following Jesus, put on all eight of these essential elements of the gospel armor. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church. If we can help you in any way, please contact us. Our information is on our webpage at abcaz.net or you can call us at 623-932-2723. Thank you and may God bless you and your family.